this is uh, John in Stephanie, Connecticut. Great to have you with us. Hi. Hey, Rush. It's Bethany, Connecticut, not Stephanie, Connecticut. What? What is it? Bethany. Bethany. Okay, Mister Her- Mister Sturdy misheard you. I I'd never heard of Stephanie, Connecticut either. But... Yeah, me neither. Well, it's probably I got a crappy phone. But my point is, is why isn't the simple answer for everyone who wants to talk about Russian inter- interference in the 2016 election? The simple answer should be ask Obama. He was the president. He was in charge. It was his powers that be that had the last say in everything. Why isn't it? Why doesn't anyone ever want to blame him? And why isn't that the simple solution for every conservative's blanket answer? Well, I, you're, you're getting ahead of something, and I intend to come up anyway here. So let me let me get started on the on the transition. I want to go back. If you um, remember, not long ago, I played a soundbite from Michael Mukasey, former Judge Mukasey, and he was Attorney General for a while under George W. Bush. And he pointed out that the first lie of the Mueller, the first line of the Mueller report is a lie. That the investigation began when George Stephanopoulos got drunk at a bar and told the ambassador from Australia that the Russians had dirt on Hillary Clinton. That's not when it began. Now that was the end of July 2016. Long before that, Barack Obama had been talking about Russian intervention in the election and poo-pooing it. Well, you're ex- you're exactly right. Obama had been talking about the fact that it would be impossible to rig a United States presidential election. The reason that Obama was doing this was because the Democrats were hearing, uh, uh, getting getting messages, rumbles from the Trump administration that the Trump administration, the Trump campaign, was suggesting that the Russians were trying to help the Hillary campaign and that the Russians might be involved in some things. And this is what caused Obama to go out and poo-poo the idea. He was, he was basically trolling Trump. But this is long before July 2016. But you are absolutely right that everybody involved in this coup or scandal has direct ties to both Obama and Hillary Clinton. Okay, our last caller from Stephanie, Connecticut. How could you? How could you not hear? How could you think that a town was named Stephanie? You asked. You mean the caller confirmed that it was Stephanie? Uh, caller threw snurdly under the. No, the caller threw me under the bus. I'm the one who said Stephanie, Connecticut. You didn't get thrown under the bus. I did. But see, that's. I take the hit. I'm on the front lines. I never complain or blame highly overpaid, overrated staffers. That's part of being the guy. You take the hits, you get the acclaim, you also take the blame. No problem with it. Doesn't happen much. Stephanie, Connecticut. I mean, it's what it said up there. So I, so I, I could have just said Connecticut, not fun. I thought about that for a brief split second. His point was. All this talk of collusion, all that, no matter what you're talking about, it all happened while Obama was president. All of this investigation, this coup, it all happened when Obama was president. And that's exactly right. And this has long been a question that all of us, just how high up does this go? Now, you and I, let's be honest, we don't have any doubt that Obama's in on this and aware of it. And some of you may, in fact believe that Obama was behind it. 
the energy and the impetus behind it. Some of these people were doing things that if they were going rogue and a president doesn't know some of these things are going on and finds out about it, heads would roll. I mean, there are legacies to be concerned with. There's the Constitution to be concerned with. But not only were they not stopped, they are still being encouraged. Every one of these operatives, even the people who have been fired, are still writing books. They're still out trying to shape the narrative on this. And by the way, just as an aside, there are more and more people now beginning to ask, and I'm glad, because I think this is stunning and shocking, the fact that not one media person, not one, has sought to find the real story here, that every one of them, hundreds of them, became complicit. These are people that normally are standing guard vigilantly against government overreach, government reach into civil liberties violations. These are the people that facilitated civil liberties violations. They helped it. In fact, folks, in point of fact, if you want to get down to brass tacks on this, this could not have happened without the media. If the CIA, if Brennan and Clapper and Comey et al. had not had the media, they could not have pulled this off. And I don't just mean from the standpoint that uh, the media didn't look into them. They actively needed the media as simpaticos. They needed the media as members of the army. They needed media as members of the operation. It's not just the media didn't try to expose what they were doing. It's that the media was the army. And if that weren't the case, this wouldn't have gotten nearly as far as it did. I think it's safe to say that this coup could not have happened without the media. And now people are starting to realize this and they're starting to take note of just what really happened here, that there was not one attempt by anyone in the legacy, the mainstream media, that attempted to get any of this right. More and more people are referencing this in the tweets of story, and I am happy to see it. Now, I ran across a piece that was sent to me by a good friend over the uh, weekend from The Federalist, and it's written by H.A. Goodman. That's a long piece. We'll link to it at RushLimbaugh.com. But the headline is this. John Durham, which is Barr's investigator, who is Barr's investigator, John Durham needs to investigate why the information generating the Mueller probe is all linked to Hillary Clinton. At a certain point, it cannot be mere coincidence that every major figure involved in probing Trump's campaign is linked to Hillary Clinton in some manner. Now, his point was Obama. But I think Obama and Hillary are inseparable here. The FBI had a budget approaching $10 billion during Comey's tenure as its director. Combined with the budgets for the CIA and the NSA, these agencies cost taxpayers around $30 billion annually. Now, that may seem cheap. 
It may seem less than you would think. The CIA, black ops budget alone, nobody knows what it is. The CIA owns airlines. The CIA owns all kinds of things. $10 billion budget for the CIA. But anyway, we'll go with the number. $30 billion combined FBI, CIA, NSA. Therefore, one would think that incriminating evidence derived from the FBI, NSA, or CIA could have linked Trump to Russian hackers or Kremlin operatives if that evidence existed. For $30 billion, you could find it. $30 billion and the best and the brightest with that money, you could find it. Instead, almost all the major findings used to justify investigations into Trump's campaign are linked to Hillary, not the CIA's work, not the NSA's work, not the FBI's work. Pretty much every major finding led by the dossier, pretty much every leak that the New York Times and CNN and Washington Post ran came from somebody associated with Hillary Clinton. The heads of America's top intelligence agencies used a dossier linked to Clinton funding a tech firm outsourced by the DNC. This would be Fusion GPS and CrowdStrike. They used hearsay from Alexander Downer, the Australian ambassador who is a donor to the Clinton Foundation and an associate of same. The evidence leading up to the Mueller probe was so specious that the Department of Homeland Security and the Office of the Director of National Intelligence uh, reports that were compiled by Clapper and others had warranty disclaimers. President Trump was investigated based on intelligence linked to statements like, quote, Department of Homeland Security does not provide any warranties of any kind regarding any information contained within. And, quote, judgments are not intended to imply that we have proof that shows something to be a fact. That's why every story on this in paragraph 13 referenced the fact that none of this had yet been proven. But all of the evidence that came from intelligence agencies did come with disclaimers that I just read you. William Barr has hired prosecutor John Durham to investigate the origins of the Mueller investigation. A key issue for Durham to resolve is why the inciting information never originated within the U.S. government. Why has the funding from Democrats, along with other blatant conflicts of interest, been ignored by Comey, Clapper, and Brennan? Although an estimated 70% of intelligence budgets go to private contractors, these private companies work with classified material and their workers hold security clearances. Fusion GPS, the firm Clinton the Democrats hired to compile the Steele dossier, did not provide the FBI classified intelligence. In fact... The Steele dossier is still unverified, and anyone can read it within the BuzzFeed article that publicized it all. CrowdStrike, the third-party tech firm the DNC hired to analyze its servers instead of the FBI, did not provide the FBI, the CIA, or NSA any classified intelligence from their investigation of the server. Since the DNC is a private entity that never allowed U.S. intel agencies near its servers. In other words... Nothing 
that came from official work of the CIA or the FBI or the NSA actually ended up in this investigation. It all came from people or firms associated with Hillary Clinton. Comey, for example, never used intelligence derived from U.S. sources to initiate or justify investigations into Trump's campaign. All the information that Comey, Clapper, and Brennan used to justify investigating Trump was data linked to Clinton or Democrats in some manner. During a Fox News interview with Bill Hemmer, William Barr explained that initiating a counterintelligence probe from the Steele dossier was very unusual. Can you tell us about the Steele dossier? What role did it play? Barr, well, that's, that's one of the questions we're going to have to look at. It's a very unusual situation to have opposition research like that, especially one that's on its face had a number of clear mistakes and somewhat jejune analysis, and to use that to conduct counterintelligence against an American political campaign, that'd be a strange development. I'm not sure what role it played, but that's something we're going to have to look at. Hemmer, do you smell a rat in this? Bar. I don't know if I describe it as a rat. I just say the answers I'm getting are not sufficient. Durham will no doubt investigate the intent behind these decisions and the true reasons America's intelligence agencies outsourced virtually all of the evidence against that. That's the key. Clapper, Brent, they were outsourcing everything to the Brits. They were outsourcing everything to, to, to steel, to Fusion GPS. Everybody they outsourced it to was linked to Hillary Clinton, folks. Everything, every aspect of this. None of it came from legitimate FBI or CIA investigations, in other words. Even Struck, Stroke, Smirk, and Page were clued into the things they did by tip-offs and guidance from the Clinton campaign or people therein. At a certain point, it can't be mere coincidence that every major figure involved in probing Trump's campaign is linked to Hillary Clinton in some manner. Christopher Steele, desperate to prevent Trump from being president was paid 160 grand by Democrats before he compiled his dossier. Democrat National Committee lawyers met with FBI officials before a surveillance warrant was granted, raising questions as to why the FBI would meet with a political party's lawyers, yet not inform Trump that his campaign was under investigation. Fusion GPS, the firm that hired Steele, was paid by money from Hillary Clinton and the DNC and funneled through a law firm to compile the Steele dossier, not the FBI, not the CIA, not the NSA. Clinton allies gave hundreds of thousands of dollars to the political campaign of Andrew McCabe's wife, yet the former FBI deputy director only recused himself from Clinton's email probe one week before the election. CrowdStrike, the only entity to analyze the claimed DNC email hack, was outsourced and paid by the Democrat National Committee. Australian diplomat Downer informed the FBI of a conversation with George Papadopoulos, where Downer stated that Trump campaign official was given information by a Russian operative about the DNC emails. Downer is not even mentioned in the Mueller report. Was never interviewed during the Mueller probe and is linked to the Clinton Foundation. And yet the opening line of the report says that it all began with Papadopoulos telling Downer about... The point goes on in this piece, and it's very good. It's one of these pieces, nothing in this 
is new. I mean, I've, I'm going through the, well, Rush, we knew that. Yeah, we have heard that. The point is that Mr. Goodman's come along and blatantly stated that everybody involved here running this coup was somehow tied to the Clinton campaign. Not officially FBI, not officially CIA, not a fit. These people didn't do any counterintel investigation their own. They were just working with each other, setting Trump up in January, telling him the golden shower story from the dossier. That was to get it as news on CNN and then elsewhere. Back to the phones, Henderson, North Carolina. This is Lamar. Great to have you, Lamar. How are you doing, sir? Hey, Rush, good to talk to you. Hey, I think uh, it's pretty clear if you delve into it a little bit why Mueller doesn't want to testify, and that's because of a couple of questions he can't answer. Uh, he never expected a, uh, Attorney General Barr to be appointed, and so his uh, kind of fallback plan, if he couldn't find a, a slam-dunk case to challenge the o- OLC guidance and indict Trump anyways, uh, was to float this language in his report with the OLC guidance being the excuse where he's got two parallel paths going. He, he did not uh, accuse Trump of any wrongdoing. And then aside from that, he puts all of this OLC guidance language implying that that's the reason, but he never actually explicitly says that's the reason. It's kind of like if I were to tell you, Rush, we just got to the beach, but you can't go in the water because of the bacteria, the sharks, and the uh, riptide. And then somebody comes up later and asks you, Rush, why didn't you go in the water? And you say, because I can't swim. One had nothing to do with the other, right? So, but he wants it to appear that way, and you can see this battle going on between Barr and Mueller back and forth, and Barr knows what he was up to the whole time. So he asked him that question explicitly in the March 5th meeting and had him admit in front of witnesses that the OLC guidance is not the reason that he did not indict Trump or try to or accuse him of any wrongdoing. And from there on, it's been a battle back and forth. So Mueller followed up with that whiny letter on March 27th, uh, complaining about the characterization of Barr's letter. And then, uh, you know, he had he had his uh, press conference after that. And the DOJ had to follow that up with another statement saying, hey, these two statements well, are, are. Let me let of- me jump in here for just a second, because it's not quite this complicated. Let me once again put this through the complexity synthesizer. The Mueller team had nothing ever. They never had any evidence of collusion. They had to manufacture the illusion or illusion of. Uh, obstruction, and then reference it. Because what they were doing from the get-go was preparing. Think of the Mueller team as the House um, impeachment lawyers. That's what they have done. They have tried to create a case for Democrat House managers to use in impeaching Trump. Mueller doesn't want to testify because he doesn't want to have to answer questions the Republicans would ask about the things he ignored. 